2: Yeah, what's up? This is Dark Side for the Moto X-Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp Mix Wrap-Up Show, the number one Moto Wrap-Up Show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp Mix Show with a couple guests. But first, let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zinc and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999 Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their Zip-On Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of Moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at SealSavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit PulpMexShow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the PulpMex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the PulpMex Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to DarkSide at PulpMex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. These motherfuckers at USPS.
0: Ah. You okay back there? I try something else
3: I'm coming over. We're all coming. <laughs> We're all coming. We're <laughs> right. Right. all coming.
4: Yes, because you're dealing with bigger shafts.
3: And Kiefer said, They got eggs?
0: Like, what Vic? He's, okay, you hear that? Okay. Alright, you ready back there?
3: You will not enjoy Supercross if you do not play Pulp Mix Fantasy. So okay. Kiefer goes to Pookie. They got eggs?
2: What? Fuck you, USPS. Hold on. Like, fuck off. Yeah, okay. So we're going to get into all that stuff here on the Pulpomix wrap-up show for episode 450. I am Darkseid from the Moto X Pod show. Excited to be brought back for another week of this thing. Got some great guests from Seal Savers. our title One of our title sponsors, Mason Mills. What's up, man? Hey, Darkseid.
5: Thanks for having me back.
2: Absolutely. I'm glad you came back. I think we're going to uh, announce a winner of a giveaway at some point this evening. Really we excited sure about that. Uh, and we have another guest returning. He hasn't been on a while. He is the host of the Dirt E-Bike Show, brought to you by Guts Racing, Mr. Brian Ratcliffe.
6: Hey, Dark Side, Thanks a lot. Excited.
2: Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you guys on. Uh, we had some E-Bike talk Monday night, so we're going to get into all that. I know that's going to excite you. I'm brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires tonight. So, uh, great show, episode 450, Monday night, Chris Kiefer in studio, guests like Jeremy Mallott, Adam C. and Adam Adam Cirillo, and Sean uh, Murdoch from the new sponsor of the show. Well, Sean's from oh, no, oh, Decal Works, Jeremy's from Excuse Red Bull, me. yeah, yeah. But, uh, hey, and I don't know if you guys, okay, first of all, did either of you watch it? The show? Yeah, yeah, the Monday show, live, YouTube, Facebook, either one.
6: Yeah, I watched it, I even called in.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, you did. So I like
6: that keeper guy.
2: <laughs> so we have a uh, a new maybe a new mascot for the show, the Gargoyle that was brought in, I think by Max Steffens, if I'm not mistaken, is officially has a name, Gargamel. You guys, uh, Gargamel
1: the co-host.
2: Yeah, do you know where Gargamel comes from, either one of you? Meow. <laughs> yeah, the Smurfs. There you go. So I've any, spent
6: plenty of time watching Smurfs.
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> the if anybody didn't know that, that's where Gargamel comes from. But uh, pretty cool, yeah. One of my all-time favorite co-hosts, maybe my f- favorite co-host, obviously is Chris Kiefer in studio. And uh, you know, with Kiefer guys, you know we're always going to get some some self-help, some some awareness of ourselves topics.
6: Consistency and, too.
2: Yes, yes. And Chris asked pretty early in the show. Mason asked Steve. If, you know, he has any 2021 goals, if he discussed any 2021 goals with his his uh, employees, any resolutions, he said, be a motivator. And Steve said, well, I'm not. Uh, Mason, I don't think that's the way Steve runs his ship.
5: No, definitely not. I think he'd be, uh, it'd be tough to motivate those guys anyway.
2: <laughs> well, I think they're pretty, especially Marks, man. Marks is pretty damn motivated. So... I don't know what Steve could tell Marks, but uh, Brian, how about you? hey,
6: Talon's in there with a broken back, so that's motivation to me. Oh, yeah, he's 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 – they're
2: they're troopers for sure. But, uh, Brian, what do you think, if Steve was to give some motivation to his guys, what do you think it would be? Uh, (laughs) Oh,
6: stick with it. I mean, we we all know that Marks has troubles when there's problems with the – the fantasy site and things, so uh, just stick with it. Say, you know they're all really talented and they they show up and they do the work. So
2: see, I think it would be more like stop sucking. That's that would be Steve's motivation. That's that's my opinion of a pep talk from Steve. But I mean, we don't Wait, really.
6: Is this the pep talk he gave you?
2: <laughs> you guys have heard him give that one to me plenty of <laughs> times. So yes, that's where I'm basing a lot of my info from. Um, hey, and he also brought up mason the the discussion on the big fmf news which is they, they released a goggle which then led into kiefer asking him about he called it cross of the sponsors you know and if one sponsor such as fly racing has a problem when he discusses fxr and this is this is what steve said
3: if any of these companies ever said to me hey mathis you can't Talk about you know our competi our competitors on your other show other show. I would say here is your money back.
2: Really? Yes, I would. Fly said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. <now>. Ah. <laughs> All right, Brian. So again, I think I've always thought this was pretty interesting because just with this show, right when when Mason came on with Seal Savers, I contacted him and I contacted a personal sponsor of mine that is sort of a conflict conflicting sponsor. they they're conflicting products because I was concerned about that. So I think it's really interesting that these different, these competing sponsors support Pulp Mex on different shows, but also that Steve said, hey, I would pretty much tell them to take a hike. I would not take their money if they weren't willing to do things the way I want to, other than probably fly. We kind of heard that. that I think Fly is the biggest uh, sponsor of anything Steve does. But I, I really like that he's that way. What do you think about that?
6: I mean, it makes a lot of sense. He has shows that are sponsored by different companies. Like, this show is sponsored by Michelin, and I think he has another show that may be sponsored by Schmaxis or something like that. So it makes sense, and it's very smart of him to cover the field because he has a lot of different uh, content he's putting
2: out. Yeah, and Mason, I've talked to you about this before. Uh, I mean, for you as a sponsor of Pulp, I mean, there's so many. He has so many listeners, and they they have such an impact on – somebody that does sponsor the shows because they do the listeners do support the sponsors. It almost doesn't matter, like I, I would think as a owner of a company, like you're getting you're getting so much feedback and so much response usually that it's okay that one of your competitors might be on a different show, a different product of his
5: Yeah, I mean they say bad publicity is good publicity or <laughs> true, any true. publicity is good publicity. So if you're if your name's brought up on pulp, obviously you're you're relevant and in the industry, so it's good to get it out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I thought that was cool, though, that he said that. But it was pretty funny that Kiefer kind of threw out the Fly one, knowing, obviously, knowing that Steve was <laughs> that one's not that that one's a no brainer. Like if Fly had a problem with FXR being a part of another show, I think he would probably have to tell FXR sorry. Fly Fly is the the granddaddy of all the pulp sponsors, but good stuff. Um, another big topic about Monday night. We're leading into Houston 1, H1, in just a few days. I actually leave out tomorrow. And he he asked Kiefer, you know, what you're most excited about. There was a lot of uh, Houston 1 talk. Let's listen to that.
3: But what are you most excited for? What do you you think you're interested in? Because you're not going to say the title fight. You know what I mean? You're going to break it down because that's how you are.
4: And just coincidence that he's on the show tonight, I want to see how AC comes out. Because he came out really strong last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of my thoughts are within that Kawasaki team. I think Tomac and AC are going to be the guys. What AC brings to the table, first round, here we go. And to see if he can just match his, I don't know. I feel like AC has the most upside and is, has the most raw speed out of anyone in the paddock right now. Yeah. I feel like I screwed up what I want to see the most. I feel like I want to redo for a 2021 Supercross series. What are you talking about? You asked me. What am I excited for? Oh. For oh, Houston, yeah, yeah, I did. right? Yeah. This is what I'm excited about to see how these Yamaha, Star Yamaha 450 guys do, compared to, you right. know, the the drama well, that was last year.
2: Maybe we can call Will Hahn. <laughs> Will Hahn, Mason. So uh, Kiefer had a couple really good things he was excited about. You know, one early in the show, one later that he thought about. I like both of them. Uh, what do you think though? Are those the things that you would, I'm not really supposed to ask your opinion, right? But what do you think about his two most excited moments then? So Kawasaki, what they're going to do. And obviously the, the new guys, the new 450 Yamaha team being at star. That's the one I'm into. Like, I, I really want to see where those guys are, but was he pretty on point? What'd you think of that topic?
5: Yeah, I think Cowie's definitely got eyes on him with the defending champ and then kind of one of the futures of the sport. Um, And then Star, there's so many people over there. It's just going to be exciting to see where they all land and and how they all finish.
2: Yeah, Brian, I I really am also excited about the Kawasaki thing because Eli, you know, defending champ, he's been the guy at Kawasaki. AC's the future. And like a lot of times on these teams, there's a 1 and a 2. But at Kawasaki, there's like a 1 and a 1A. So... I think Kiefer's first pick was very relevant. Also, what what about you?
6: I mean, they're both extremely talented, and you could say, you know, Eli is the class of the field some nights. So I fully agree with what Kiefer's saying there, and it's great to hear him talk about that. Also, I'm I am, and they're kind of like a good a sure bet, right? Whereas the Yamaha is a wild card, and I agree with Kiefer there. I'm very interested to see how they do. I watched that video of Mookie running through the whoops. (laughs) <laughs> and it's amazing yeah. watching how fast AP is right now and how fast Christian Craig are. I'm very excited to see how the Monster Energy team turns around the performance of that 450.
2: Yeah, I do too, because the, I don't know that any of those guys are going to be regular podiums, but it's the, the story that Kiefer kind of brought up is just how much better or worse or what the difference is going to be between what they were as factory Yamaha and now factory star Yamaha so I thought those were good, good uh, picks for him. But then they also kind of brought up the writing off of Kenny Rockson Mason. That was talked about a little bit last week. JT thought it was crazy. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I don't know that it's really crazy because of what he's gone through and what we've seen. You know, he ha- he'll have really one really good race, but have a couple bad races. His health is an issue. I think Steve's right. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think
5: Steve's right there about Kenny, but I also think that Kenny's going to come back super strong. He's had plenty of time off. Um, Keeper would talk about his home life, being with his chick, with his new baby. I think I think Kenny's going to come in with a clear head, physically strong, ready to roll.
2: I, I do too. I don't. I I don't have him in my top three. Pro, he's in my top five, but I but I am on board with Steve. Where I just don't see him being the guy. The, like winning every week or even a podium every week, I think he's going to have issues. That's what I expect. I'm going to stay on on Steve's side on this one, which I guess I probably tend to do a lot. But um, all right, let's talk about Adam Cianciarillo. I think a fan, obviously a fan favorite, a fan favorite on Pulp. Always a great guest. Uh, Brian, where does he rate for you as far as guests for Pulp MX?
6: Yes. Uh as far as riders go, like active riders calling in, he's one of the best. For me, uh I really appreciate his insight. Um you know what he's been through and what's really interesting is he's it's not like the golden child really anymore talking. He's been through ups and downs. Like mm-hmm. he has life experiences behind him even though he's quite young and so I really appreciate hearing that from him and seeing him like grow as a person.
2: Do you when he's on Pulp Mex, I always I buy into their friendship. Like it could be, you know, it, it may be, maybe their friendship's not as good as they lead on, but I buy into it, uh, you know, and I, I think that's what I like. Like Adam will open up with Steve. Like I tried getting Adam on our show, my show for a couple of weeks, and I was just kept being told, uh, he's too busy. He's not going to do any podcasts, but he's willing to do Steve's show. I think they have that bond, and Adam is always very open with him. And we're going to talk about a couple of those things. What do you think? Do you Do you agree? You think that bond is real and that's going to be something that grows over the years as Adam, unless Steve, of course, retires next year?
6: I mean, they got the findings do video between the two of them. <laughs> they they got to be buddies.
2: They got to do Finding Baggett that. now. It's
6: real. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be harder to do, or maybe not.
2: Well, we'll, yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second, actually. Yeah. Mason, um, something that Adam brought up. And I don't really follow football anymore. I, I, I'm a huge 49er fan, but I, well, I say huge, but I don't really follow it anymore, so maybe I'm not so huge. But he brought up how some of the star football players are almost in control of the teams now versus what it's like in our sport. I would not want to see our sport go that way. Like, I don't think that Ken Roxton or Adam Cincerillo should control the decisions of the team, their employees. But I thought it was a really interesting topic you brought up. Um, How about you?
5: Yeah, I definitely think it was interesting to hear him talk about it. But if the sport's going to do any changes, they should not start there.
2: (laughs) You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what do you I mean, that, that would hurt the sport, don't you think? Absolutely. I think the way that they do it now, there's like I said,
5: there's plenty of other things to work on other than the riders being in control and with and our sports a little bit different in the sense that it's a little bit more volatile with injuries, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and things happen week to week where I, yes, of course, injuries happen in other sports, but this is a little bit different, a uh, different level of injuries, I guess.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think it was just an interesting topic. I just, cause I didn't really know that about football, but I can see it because these guys are making billions of dollars, not really, but you know what I'm saying? Huge money. And, they don't really give a damn they're going to, they're worried about themselves and their career. And I don't think they're very team oriented, the football players necessarily, but that leads into Brian, something that Steve asked AC about, right? He asked him if you're one of those guys that leaves early without telling the team bye, and he said, man, I'm a big team guy. I always tell everybody thanks. And that, that gives me a lot of respect for Adam. Uh, A lot of the guys do stick around, but I think that if one of these riders, if the main thing is they need to stick around and tell their their mechanics or teams, thank you. I, I think that's huge.
6: I agree. I mean, you got to step in, and you're a team. You got to act like it. And I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's so much pressure as a rider to be performing at that high end, and there's a lot of variables you can't control. So if somebody cuts you off and you crash. You still got to get up, finish the race, and tell your team thank you at the end. And that's got to be really difficult.
2: Yeah, we saw that uh, in 19 with Adam, right, when he crashed in Vegas, lost the 250 cha- Supercross championship, but still had time to do an interview. And, I, I mean, he hung out for a little bit. Like, he just has a great attitude, Mason.
5: Yeah, AC is the man. He's definitely, like you said, fan favorite both on pulp and in the sport in general. Um, very respectable, likable guy. It's hard to not root for him when he's such a, an awesome kid and a team player like that. you
2: got to root for someone like that. Totally, totally agree. Um, all right, and we found out Monday night uh, about, well, Steve talked about the cyst that Adam had, which he had actually just mentioned on the press conference like an hour before. But that was some breaking news. Another thing that we love from Steve, relatively breaking news. I don't think most people knew about that. We kind of found out you know, that he he feels pretty good, but th- he definitely notices it still. There's something – it feels a little different, but he doesn't hurt. So that would be interesting to keep track of this year if he starts having any wrist injuries. But the next thing I want – oh, go ahead.
6: Well, he talked about his ulnar nerve in the wrist, which is uh, – I've had issues with that too, and I think it's a number of different things that be, can be contributing factors. But uh, I'll bet holding on to that Kawasaki for 17 rounds is one of those factors. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see, especially with us racing, you know, a lot of the weeks, three races in a week where typically maybe he'd have a practice day, but he could back it down if he wanted to. He's not going to be able to back it down on Tuesdays. So it'd be something interesting to keep track of. I have a feeling it's not going to be a factor. He's going to be top three this year. That's my my prediction. But, okay, obviously COVID, right? That's huge, huge talk. Yep. Affects everything going on in the world. Uh, COVID testing Friday at the at the track before we go to the stadium. But COVID talk got brought up by Kiefer, and uh, let's listen to what Adam said.
4: They were you are you worried about COVID? Did you have have you got it? Are you haven't got it? No,
7: no, I haven't gotten I haven't gotten it. Um, but I've dude, been tested quite a few times.
3: There's gotta be we were, we've been discussing it on our shows. I don't know who it is, but with the contact tracing and everything else that's going on, and you're a fan of the mainstream sports, so you know what's going on there. Some of some racers are going to miss races. Uh, oh yeah, 100. percent Statistically right? speaking, you right.
7: would think that at least two or three people miss yes. some races, like high-profile
4: yeah. guy. So this contact trace thing. Yeah. I'm trying to quarterback this in my mind. So, if someone on the team on Cowie, so Adam and Eli are fucked.
3: If 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 someone on Cowie tests positive, they will pull everybody that person's been in contact with. Pull them out of the race, out of the out of the deal one person on the team yeah because it spreads so rapidly you you have to go isolate
4: dude a privateer is going to win it's supercross championship
3: <laughs> alex ray supercross title just think about
4: it privateers have less dudes around them these factory no. guys have how many fucking guys yeah but think of-
2: <laughs> okay let's go with you brian on that um privateer huh a ray for supercross champion
6: Keeper makes a good point. Like it's going to be hard to not be around the large groups of people that have to go out. These mechanics need to go out and get things. They're gonna be getting food and all sorts of other things and controlling that or trying to maintain it, it's gonna be a very interesting situation and it just may affect the list, which is coming up in a little bit.
2: Yeah, we're definitely gonna talk about the, the list that Steve uh talked about, you know, which eight don't make the list, uh Mason. But I I don't know, man, the COVID thing, I'm all over the place with this. I think they're going to do a really good job of keeping everybody, the teams, pretty isolated. I think the factory teams are. So, it it will probably be a factor. Like they said, the odds are it's going to affect somebody. I don't – man, if it affects the championship, I'd, I'd be blown away, Mason.
5: Yeah, you like to hope that it's not going to affect the championship. I'm sure at some point, somewhere along the lines, it will affect somebody, but – I'm sure that these top teams are going to be doing every precaution they can to make sure that their team and their riders out on the track every uh, Saturday, Tuesday, (laughs) whenever they're racing.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. So Steve had mentioned reaching out to Blake Baggett with no answer, and he he kind of brought up a little bit of a rant, Mason. I mean, it wasn't an official rant, but just imagine being a fan of Blake Baggett and not knowing if he's going to race or not. Yeah, I, I, it
5: would be frustrating, you know, wanting to see him out there, but mm-hmm. I know, I know Steve was kind of, um, you know, there's, oh, there's, uh, you know, some stuff behind the scenes going on and then didn't Adam kind of say some stuff that kind of told everyone what was going on with Blake. Something about, yeah, yeah with Blake, something about getting paid.
2: Yeah. I think they, they've talked about that in the past. There there's rumors that Blake okay. ha- hasn't gotten paid from the Rocky mountain team and, uh, that's that's part of what's going on. I, I, I did sort of mention when I called in that I did get a response from Baggots, uh, but the reality is there's really no news. They're basically, they, they're, they're dealing with legal things, and they can't talk about it, but I was told when once it's handled, they would reach out, but right now they're just staying silent because they don't want to cause any legal issues, so that's really all there is to it right now. That's all they're going to talk about right now. Uh, no that's, details, unfortunately. But... um. And we had a caller also while Adam was still on call in and kind of trail off of the Baggett thing saying, you know, do you?" Th- he asked, do you think burnout was a factor? Which, uh, yeah, I've talked to Blake a little bit last year. I think there were are some things he was burned out about. But what Adam had to say about all that, I found awesome. So let's, we'll check that out.
7: Um, Baggett, so it kind of sounds like, maybe a little bit of burnout they're kind of kind of have a bad taste in their mouth about the sport so ac being a happy-go-lucky guy um do you kind of even understand why they get that way even though you tend to be more positive
3: Oh, i'm sure adam yeah mm. right adam you can get it you can understand it oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah it's not that i don't feel like i not like i would never
7: feel um that way you know i think it's just all about like how you manage your your emotions you know it's not like i'm this super happy go lucky guy and then all this negative stuff and all this, you know, negative thoughts and all this stuff doesn't come to me at all. You know, it's just how I choose to I guess handle it, I guess. But uh Yeah, I mean it's tough sometimes. You can the sport can make you you know the sport's made me bitter at times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you can you you can paint yourself into these corners just just kind of mentally on your own and, you know, have some things go your way. I know Blake
2: All right, Brian, how okay how freaking fantastic maybe it's just me is adam as a guest on the pulp mix show like i'm sure he's good on all shows but like that's i don't know i just think that's a great answer that is not your uh robotic you know pre-thought-out answer that is honest and just being a real human being it's what we always want out of our guys fantastic
6: right it's like mature and honest which is a height I hope to achieve at some point, maybe when I'm
2: like, 15. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not easy to do, but just, I don't know, man. I think Adam is just so good. Uh, Mason, any thoughts on that topic?
5: No, but I, I know kind of going back to what you said about their friendship. I don't think Steve's really going to be one to bro down any of these guys. So it'd be hard to fake that genuine of a friendship. And I think that's partially why Adam is so open with Steve is because of that dynamic that they have.
2: Good point. Good point. Okay. Next guy I want to talk about, Jeremy Mallott. Right off the bat, you know, a lot of people have been hitting Steve up over the last couple of days on the Gypsy's Tale, Gypsy Tales podcast drama. Uh, it, it got brought up a little bit on the show earlier. Jeremy Mallott says, hey, man, you're dragging me into your your beefs because obviously Jeremy Mallott with Red Bull is part of the Supercross Spy, as Steve calls it, Moto Spy uh, you know YouTube stuff, the 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 video that we that we love to watch, and I liked his I like Jeremy's what he how he described Moto Spy as opinion driven. I okay, here's my thoughts on this. Nobody really cares. I don't believe Steve meant anything malicious by anything he said. Uh, Steve probably would not mind if he was the only podcast featured. But I don't believe for a second he really meant it. Now I do believe he means he believes you should be at the races to report on it. But in this context of Moto Spy Mason, I I disagree with him. I think Gypsy Tales adds to it. I don't have any problem with it, but I I don't like I don't like the the fake beef that I feel. Well, maybe it's not fake. Maybe Gypsy Tales actually is upset. But I just find it a little ridiculous. I don't think anybody could have heard what Steve said about pretending to have an accent and honestly think that he was being like prejudice or whatever in any way. I think it's just ridiculous.
5: Yeah, I think that whole thing was misconstrued and taken out of context. Um, I I mean, I'm sure Gypsy Tales would like to be the only, you know, pod that's on the Moto Spy show. I would like to be on uh, it, period. Right. I, I I wouldn't blame any of them, anyone that's on there for wanting to be the only one. So I think the fake beef is kind of ridiculous, and um, it, he was definitely taking it out of context.
2: Yeah, Brian, if anybody l- that listens to Pulp at all, unless you're just like a first-time listener, you know that Steve just talks shit. He exaggerates certain things for, you know, for humor or whatever. And the other thing I was thinking about, I don't know how old e- each of you are. Steve's the same age as I am. I'm 45 years old. When we were kids, you know, we were told sticks and stones may break your bones, but words don't hurt. You, you make fun of somebody. Like, I don't give a shit if somebody talks about my country-sounding accent. It, it's true. It's funny. It's whatever. I'm just not offended by stuff like that. But today, everybody is so offended by everything. I think Steve comes from the 80s mentality of just fucking busting balls. Brian. Yeah.
6: I mean, obviously you can see that he does that. And also he has a five and a half hour podcast. This is a huge, or show. It's a show. It's not a podcast. And so
2: he has a lot of time
6: to fill. I mean, he has hot takes. He has other takes. He has random discussions. And I'm sure, you know, it's hard to rein all that in and have it come out perfectly every time. So uh, I can see where Gypsy felt where he felt and he's, you know, removed from it. And he probably is bummed that he can't come to the races right now. Sure. And uh, I see that
7: side too.
2: Well, I don't think Steve should have to rein it in at all. If you're offended by anything he says, just don't listen. Like who gives a shit really what anybody's like, anybody, I have plenty of haters and it gets to me every once in a while. But the reality is, you know, with this thing, if you don't like what Steve says, just don't listen. But I don't want him to rein it in. I don't want him to have to worry about, Oh well, if I say this, somebody might be offended because somebody's gonna be offended no matter what the hell he says. It's just the way it is. So, and I, he's not gonna change anything anyway. But I just, yeah, drop it. It, it just was re- uh, like I said, ridiculous. The other thing, That's
6: some interesting beef, yeah. yeah well, but uh, really yeah. more of an advertising thing. For, well, Gypsy's already quite popular on on YouTube and stuff. But uh, yeah, they do that well. Pretty popular video.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other big topic with Jeremy, the Barsha wins a one Mason. Where you can like a lot of people were were honestly confused by this. Some people didn't like it. Some people thought it was lame. Uh, regardless of what anybody thought, he was on Pulpomex Monday night. It was getting publicity.
5: Yeah, it definitely got publicity. I was really excited to go and see it, and I was really disappointed when I saw what it actually was. It seemed like a ton of effort, time, I'm sure, money to make that one minute video happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, right
5: just from a business yeah. standpoint I, I didn't really get it either but um I mean it was it, it was whatever I, I just didn't I didn't quite understand it um just seemed like like I said a lot of time effort energy money to make that happen
2: I don't disagree but Red Bull does not have any issues spending money to promote their athletes their product and they try different things I mean straight rhythm whatever you know all these different. Mountain bike. Uh, what what's the big mountain bike thing they do, Brian? The, Red Bull Rampage. Uh, Rampage. Yes, Rampage. Yeah. All these different things they do. dude, there, there is nobody better promoting their their athletes, their products than them. I think they're like Steve agrees. I know he said this before. Better than Monster. It's it's awesome what they do. And if this one somewhat didn't hit the mark, oh well. At least they made an effort. I think it's pretty to be commended. And if Barsha rolls into Houston with a red number plate, number, you know, red background this weekend for practice or, or press day, that's going to be pretty damn cool, I think. It'll be funny anyway. So hopefully hopefully we'll see that Friday. Um, all right. So shortly after this segment, Pulp Mex goes to commercial breaks. So I want to thank one of our sponsors for the Pulp Mex wrap-up show, Guts Racing, which was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers of foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson, Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you come to the right place. So check out gutsracing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Thanks to Guts Racing for coming back on for twenty twenty one. And after the Pulp MX commercial break, we get a little discussion about what they were gonna have for their meal, which Pookie always orders. Let's check that out. He's Kiefer
3: said, What are you getting? Pookie said, I'm gonna get your Uh huh. And Kiefer said, They got eggs? <laughs> <laughs> they got eggs. Question mark.
4: I just thought they had breakfast. I'd like an egg burrito. I have been a part of the Chipotle order so yeah so
3: Kiefer goes to Pookie they got eggs what
2: they got <laughs> eggs what <laughs> all right so I'm gonna go to you first Mason um Steve kind of he asked me about it when I called in and like I, I'm not a big Chipotle guy you know they're here in East Texas we've got hundreds of Tex-Mex restaurants and like I'll go sit down and have that I'm just I haven't been to Chipotle that many times. To me that was a legit question. I like a breakfast burrito, why not? But Steve, JT blown away by this because they are, I mean they get Chipotle probably 80% of the time as the order for Pulp Mex Show Monday nights. But anyway, I mean, was that to you was that just a ridiculous question? Um,
5: it was a ridiculous question as a frequent, uh, Chipotle goer. Okay. But if you don't know Chipotle, probably not ridiculous, but I also think it's a great idea. I would love (laughs) a breakfast burrito
2: from Chipotle. Heck, yeah. How about you, Brian? You a big Chipotle guy? Uh, you
6: know, I have been in the past. Definitely been to Chipotle a lot of times because it's kind of a quick, somewhat nutritious thing to eat. I will say this. Kiefer kept talking about eggs and maybe chicken in a burrito. That's like mismatching gear for me. I wouldn't do those two together. But, hey. They got eggs. I do eggs and potatoes.
2: (laughs) Well, if nothing else, I think we got a really good drop out of it that we'll probably hear time and time again. Uh, So, yeah, they got eggs. Steve was blown away by that. I don't know. To me, no big deal. All right. We're about to talk about my absolute favorite part of the show. Probably my favorite story on Pulp Mix of all time now. I look. If you got anybody that's listening to this, if you haven't watched the YouTube, Facebook video yet, you got to go watch this segment. I've never seen Steve laugh like this. Him, I was already laughing at the story. Then Steve's laughing, bent over, crying, holding his face, which makes me start laughing the same way. Like this was absolute freaking gold, Vietnam Vic. Let's hear it.
4: So I decided to go with him. He had like, and I'm not a plane guy. I don't know, so excuse me. But like a little stunt plane. Yeah. And he was in the front. I was in the back, and had a headset on, and he, we went up, and everything was fine for about you know three, four minutes, and and all I remember is this, this voice is embedded in my brain and just burned into it, and he would be like,
0: uh, "Okay, yeah. we're gonna come go down." <laughs> and I'd be like, "Huh?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What, Vic?" It's okay, you hear me? Okay, uh, are you ready back there?
4: And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. And as soon as I would say excuse me, he'd go Meah. and he'd, he'd go straight up. He'd go straight up. Right.
0: You okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I wouldn't even get my sentence out, and he's already talking to me. Uh,
4: uh. And I don't know how the mics work. I thought only one person could talk, but for some reason he would talk right over me.
0: And, oh, I'm, gonna try something else right here. and I'm like, hey Vic, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of get- okay. We're gonna try up. Uh, how's that? Was okay that? Yeah.
4: And I'm like, hey Vic.
0: Okay, we'll more,
4: That's <laughs> all I remember is in my fucking head. It's, oh, okay I threw up, and there's shit all over me. <laughs> and I get back to the guy, and
0: I'm like, and I'm
4: like, Vic, I
0: threw up. Oh, no, that was fun, I'm like, Jesus, dude. <laughs>
4: I get out of the plane, and for the rest of the fucking Vietnam day, Vic. Vietnam Vic, gave zero fucks, dude.
0: <laughs> That's all I fucking heard all day.
4: And then I get off the plane, there's fucking throw up all over me, and he's like, was that And I go, No, Vic, I didn't have a good time. I was fuck. I was sick. And he's like, "Well, you didn't tell me. I go, Yes, I did. I did tell you, Vic.
0: Okay, Okay, Uh no, I'm just like, fuck you, Vic.
2: Oh God. Okay. So I'm in tears. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was a really long clip, but I was absolutely not willing to cut it any shorter. I already cut out this the part about him talking about him flying upside down and some of the more the details. But oh my god, Brian. Look, I love I love Gringo. He just wants to hear the motocross stuff, but hell no, I love this. It was
6: great, classic keeper commentary, awesome story, and can you imagine a young keeper just getting tossed back there? Ouch.
2: Yeah, and he he talked about Mason that this guy he was you know I think working at a, should I, bear, I forgot the he was at a motorcycle shop or something that was at the Hesperia Airport where he lives. And this, was Vietnam Vic,
6: thing the XR.
2: Yes, this Vietnam Vic guy over and over, you know, over weeks or months or whatever was like, hey, trying to get him to go up in a plane with him. And he finally gave in. And, Mason, this is the store we got.
5: Yeah, this is an incredible story. And I'm actually pretty familiar with that airport in Hesperia. And if you guys were to see this airport, it makes the story so much funnier. Oh, yeah, there ain't it much is there. Like, it's basically a dirt runway. It's yeah. incredible. It's yeah. hilarious.
2: Yeah, I ate at the restaurant <laughs> there with... Kiefer and Gary Sutherland, the same one that Steve was kind of complaining about, you know, on, I think Glen Helen vet nationals, but that place was, that uh, was cool. But yeah, there was, there's not, it's just out in the middle of nowhere, which is what Hesperia is. But oh my God, that story, Jesus. Like I could have just had that the rest of the night. That was, that was, sorry, that was and my favorite.
6: For the rest of the night there was, hey, you okay back right,
2: <laughs> there? That was my favorite part of the <laughs> so whole pleasant. show. Oh my god, I loved it. So it Drop, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we we know in 2021, Steve announced the new sponsor, Decal Works. Uh, so he he brought on Sean Murdoch from Decal Works. Murdoch,
1: I'm coming to get you.
2: <laughs> that was the uh, the Rambo clip that Steve mentioned for Murdoch, Sean Murdoch from decal works came on and uh mason we we may get a kefir kit with heather's boobs because apparently decal works can pretty much do anything other than trademark logos or not like red bull that they're not allowed to use uh decal works been around a long time i think they said 1989 not that's not even right I don't, even, I don't even have my notes right now i forget when they started they've been around forever everybody knows decal works pretty cool to have them back on board and hear what sean had to say
5: yeah, it was super cool, and if they end up doing the graphics with uh, Heather's boobs, I was wondering if they could do, like, the 3D type thing, so when he's going through the whoops or something, maybe <laughs> yeah. it looked like they're jiggling, it'd Okay. Be super cool.
2: Yeah, it was 1989. Uh, that's that's actually not a bad idea. I, I, I like that, Brian. I I might even... I also like that. <laughs> I mean, look, we all know I'm a uh, berm lords, lord of the berms, but I would probably buy that kit just to have in the studio, so... Yeah. Does,
6: does keeper want that kid up for sale? I don't
2: know. Oh, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's he's not working. And
6: the other question is, where do you put the boobs on the bike? Handside. Uh,
2: I would say oh, on the yeah. right on each side of the shroud. Yeah. Oh, nice. I mean, maybe even on the front number plate, double That'll zero. Up.
6: Yeah, number plate. For sure. Double zero. Double zeros.
2: Yeah. But anyway, guys, <laughs> look, Sean was a great guest discussing the history of the of decal works. Obviously, one of the best companies in the business. Sean said he could be, get me taken care of, and I appreciate that. But I'm 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 with my guys, my my berm lords, and I want to reiterate my graphics kit that everybody for the most part thinks is god awful. That was my idea. They did what I said. They laughed at it too. It just is what it is. Uh, so that's not you know necessarily like they don't they didn't do that on their own thinking it was great. I just told them to throw all the logos on, and somebody on the show. I think it was Kiefer, somebody or no? Sean said he saw it, and he said something like that was a little weird. Those individual stickers on the front fender—they're not individual; they're pre-printed, just like a rear number plate. I just put it on the front too. Give me a break. You guys, do you guys hate my graphics as much as everybody else?
6: How many Kiefer testing stickers do you have on that bike?
2: Well, now there's two sets. They're on the shrouds and on the swing arm. They were also on the front fender. Which I replaced with the Pulp Mix logo that I forgot. Uh, I've explained this before, but at the time, I was dealing with some personal stuff, family stuff, and I was, when they sent me, I sent them all my logos, like all my sponsors, the people that helped me out, and said, just get them on there, figure it out. I kind of gave them a couple things I wanted, and I said, get all these on there, just make it happen. And he sent me the proof. And I didn't notice because I just wasn't in the right headspace that there was that many Kiefer inks and that I forgot the pulp mix. And I also forgot another one. I don't remember who it was. And I had to get that fixed too. It so, was
5: Seal Savers, Dark Side.
2: <laughs> yes, you are correct. Seal Savers was not on there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I apologize for that. We, we, we're, we're not going to get into that right now, Mason. <laughs> but the, the, the reality is, I just looked at it. I was like, yeah, fine. That looks good. Go with it, and they did what I asked. So quit busting on Burn lords. They do fantastic work, as well as decal works. So I don't know. I thought Sean was cool. I, I think he, he sounded like a really cool dude. Dude interested in the industry. He's a big Pulp Mex fan. Talked about being you know just excited when he got a chance to be involved with Pulp Mex. So that's cool, Sean. Much respect for what you guys do. But we're gonna move on to X brand tear offs. I have a couple that I highlighted. Um, I, I highlighted the fact that somebody asked, or like Moser asked, what podcast would you kill off if you could kill off a podcast? Uh, Mason, what, when you heard that, what was the first one that popped into your head? Did you have something that like, that you thought instantly he's going to say this?
5: Uh, I, I thought he was going to say your show just cause he gives you so much shit all the time. hundred percent. I thought, yeah. Yeah, um, but once he did it, I didn't think he was really going to blow anybody out. So I oh, thought it was no. very appropriate that he
2: said Weege. Yeah, good point. I didn't even think of it like that. I, I was definitely, Brian, thinking he would say the Pony Pod. He never calls it by the Moto X-Pod show. Go find that on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you. Uh, but I was surprised. But then when he said Weege, obviously he just turned it into a joke. He like Like Mason said, nothing too serious.
6: Yeah, he went straight to Friendly Fire. We know we just show is awesome, and we're very thankful for having him and providing his, his type of insight to it. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was interesting.
2: He could have easily um, – what's the word F- – Fueled the fire of a couple other podcasts he's had issues yeah, with. Yeah,
6: he could have mentioned a couple other podcasts yep. previously mentioned, but he did not. Yep. Because he's not going there because he wasn't going there to begin with. And so, prove
2: the point. Yeah, and I think that right there for all the the people that talk shit about Steve on some of those topics, like he reined it in when it was appropriate. So, that's pretty cool to see that he did that. Um, uh, another funny moment with the ex brand, Teros, was. JT being asked what his uh, what the best preseason rumor he heard, and I, I thought it was pretty quick-witted, as JT is, that he said Bam Bam wins A1. That was pretty good, Brian.
6: It's a pretty funny rumor because it, it was really kind of strange and confusing, and there's also this whole thing that Bam Bam wins a lot of A1s. He does exactly. really well at the first race of the year, so yeah. uh, it went hand in hand. Well,
2: that's why it kind of worked, I think, is because – uh, hell, I even found myself for a second going, "What the hell are they talking about? Am I, am I missing something that I don't? Did I miss it? Yeah, it's like am I am I supposed to be in Anaheim this weekend and not Houston? What the hell? But anyway, X brand tear offs, choice of champions everywhere. Last one of the X brand tear offs, and I'm going to get both your opinions on what Steve said. What about Ralph leaving, or not being a part of the TV uh, telecast, and then that kind of transitioned into Paul Malin being by himself and how much that bothers Steve. Another one of his rants. Uh, what do you guys think? So, Mason, does it bother you that Paul's alone most of the time for the GPs and Steve believes it bothers Paul? Um,
5: I think it, to be honest with you, I don't watch or tune into the GPs um, as often as I do Supercross, I kind of follow it just to kind of know who's doing what, but okay. I don't really watch it or listen to it. So Easy I don't really have a ton to, to comment on it. To no problem.
2: No problem. What about you, Brian? Do you pay attention to it? You... I definitely watch it and I like and respect Paul a lot,
6: but I feel that it's not as exciting to hear one person talk about the race. I'm so used to hearing two people talk like they're buddies or they're watching the race that that's what I'm used to. And that's what is more exciting for me. So I definitely see what Steve's talking about in that respect and i also see where he's talking about with uh you know with what's going on with supercross too i'm excited to have some new announcers in there and i grew up you know watching a lot of other car racing all other types of racing that was on tv at the time if motocross would have been on i would have watched that too and i am excited to have some new announcers
2: okay well i think a lot of people are um Steve, you know, openly said, hey, some of the things that Ralph did, mainly the dumbing it down, he didn't agree with. But Ralph was I very agree. passionate about our sport and been a part of it a long time. I, I like Ralph as a par- person. I consider him a friend. Uh, I hate to see him go. But, you know, they, they decided to make a change, and we're going to see how that goes. Hey, Mason, why don't you tell us about Steel Savers? Sure.
5: Since 1999, Steel Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry starting with the original seal savers since then we have revolutionized fork seal protection with our zip on seal savers just wrap them around zip them up and your fork seals are saved we also have products for side-by-sides we're actually out in um, Parker Arizona for the best in the desert Parker 425 uh, tomorrow and then heading over to Lake Havasu for a side-by-side works race Uh, we even have products for e-bikes and mountain bikes
2: well, okay. Well, I was gonna have you bring that up in a little bit when we talk about some e-bike stuff. But tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, obviously Brian's a huge e-bike guy. Uh, tell us how that's going, what that does for you. Uh, you know, I mean, Steve's Steve's also you know e-bike life. So tell us about the e-bike seal savers, why they're good, what they do.
5: Uh, very similar in concept to the motorcycle seal savers, keeping dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals, also protecting your stanchions from any divots and pits from rocks or sticks or any kind of debris that could damage your stanchions or bring any type of dirt or anything into your seals, causing them to leak. So same same concept, protecting the fork seals. Um, we have a wraparound uh, Velcros and zipper design similar to the seal savers that we have, but uh, a little bit different with that crossbar. But they work really well, and uh, a lot of guys on e-bikes are starting to try them out, and we're getting some really good feedback and uh, positive reviews on it.
2: Awesome. Brian, I mean, you're a big e-bike guy. Have you tried them? you getting some?
6: I haven't tried them yet. I've been in talks with uh, wanting to check them out. I really think they have a great application in the e-bike world. So first off, when you're riding an e-bike, you're putting in a lot more miles. You're going a little bit faster, and I find that it kicks up rocks a lot more. So, And you're usually riding trails that are further out that don't get ridden as much, so they have a lot more rocks on the trail. So okay. as those rocks get picked up by your tire and flung into your suspension part you could have saved so much money by having seal savers and not having a big nick in your stanchion that then makes your shock lose oil or air pressure, and you're going to have a bad time without them. So
2: oh, that's awesome! That's a great application. Yeah, fantastic. We are very thankful that Seal Savers is on board uh, as a you know relatively new sponsor of the PulpMix Wrap Up Show, and I always tell you guys go to PulpMixShow.com, click on the sponsor tab, check out the sponsor deals the discount codes, the links, there's so much there to help support or help you guys save money. You give back by supporting the PulpMex show. So we get all these great shows, including the best of the Pulp Empire, the wrap up show. So go support them. Uh, you know, if you have any questions or comments, you could email me darkside at pulpmex.com. And don't forget that some of the sponsors that you hear about, there might not be a sponsor link or a discount code, but if you email, uh, I believe it's contact at pulpmexshow.com, Steve will usually answer you pretty quickly, and he might be able to help you out. You He might be able to get you a deal or give you a code that's not listed. So just go do that, man. It's 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 helped me so much on parts and different things that I've saved money on. Dark side. Yo,
6: I got a question for you. Oh. Does Michelin Bicycle Tires have a code on that?
2: They do not the have show? a code. I Randy told me the best way to do that is go through motosport.com, also a sponsor yeah. of the wrap-up show. And there is, if you use the Motosport link on Pulp MX to go to Motosport, a discount is automatically added in.
6: Awesome. You mind if we talk about the different tires that Michelin has right now for mountain bikes?
2: Have at it, man. Uh, Randy would love it.
6: I, I'm really excited. So first off, one thing I noticed about Michelin, first off, the quality of construction, right? They make high performance tires. They make car tires, motorcycle tires. So I think they have a leg up on a lot of the other tire manufacturers out there. Um, And also their prices look good. Like their prices are more in the 45 to 70 or $80 range, which is a lot better than the like 80 to one-twenty range. And it looks like their tires are going to last longer as well, depending on the compound you get and how aggressive a rider you are. So
7: Michelin
6: mountain bike tires and e bike tires are looking awesome. I really want to try that DH 222 or DH 22, I believe, DH 22, which looks like the really nice front. And then they also have this uh, wild enduro
7: that looks really fun. Really yeah. big
2: side load. I, I have a wild enduro on my mountain bike, but I'm going to be honest, I hardly ever ride my mountain bike. I'm not in good shape. So I like it when I, yeah. I love the tires when I ride it, but I really can't give you a great, you know, a great, uh, I'm not a great tester, so I can't give you any info, but since you brought Michelin Bicycle Tires up, let's go ahead and do the read right now. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulpamex Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is once again a proud sponsor of the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at michelinbicycle. Bicycle. So and like he, uh, Randy said, BMX tires, 20 inch coming soon. I'm still asking for some of those, but I just probably shit out of luck. Thanks, Randy. I blew it. But lesson Learned. All right, let's get... just keep
6: asking every show, and I'm sure you'll get them eventually.
2: Maybe, maybe <laughs> what I need to do is say, "Hey, we have uh Brian Smith over here in the same town I live in. He would like to try some. Send them to him." So, yeah,
6: definitely. That's how yeah, it'll happen.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, back to the Pulp Mex show, episode 450. We had a little bit of a, like, I guess I call it a fun interactive game that Steve did with his guest. He had a list list of the 30 top riders, which I sent to each of you. And uh, he said, man, there's going to be, you know, probably at least eight of them that are pissed off when they don't make, the well, any of those guys would be pissed if they don't make the main. But of those 30, there's going to be eight that don't make the main every week. And he kind of wanted to get their opinions on who they were. Most of the guys they picked, I fairly agreed with. I wanted to get your thoughts. Mason, tough, tough stacked season this year what'd you think of the list when you saw it? And what do you think of Chris and JT's, uh, you know, their picks, were they pretty close to what you agree with?
5: Yeah. Um, JT and keepers, um, eight were pretty in line with mine. I think this, this is super deep list. I'm looking at it again right now. Yeah, I got it And up. it's crazy to think that guys like Reed and Baggett aren't included in this group too, which, you know, would have been, or might've even been this year if things were a little bit different. Um, but to your point, um, yes, i completely agree with Kiefer
2: and JT's eight. Okay, so give me give me one guy on this list that more than once is not going to make the main, but was not mentioned Monday night? Like a guy that maybe should make the main every week, but a guy that, that you think won't make it. Not from a crash, just doesn't make it in. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to ask you the same thing, Brian, in a second.
5: I hate saying it, but Bogle's name kind of pops off, and Bogle's one of my favorite riders, so I hate saying that, but he seems to have some bad luck at times. Um, so he's one that kind of pops off the list to me.
2: Okay, how about you, Brian? So somebody that should
6: make the list... But make the main. May not make the main, but may not. Well, now, if this were the year previous, I would say 7 Dudes Deuce because he was always in the main. But recently... It seems like 2020, a little bit less in the main. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of variables. I think with everybody racing so close together, three races in a week, if anybody has any small nagging injury, it's going to change this list up considerably.
2: Yeah, and I'm not really, you're right, I'm not really uh, focusing on injuries, I guess, right now. I'm just looking at this list. There was seven or eight, that, or probably like six, that were, I would say, almost easy to pick. But, see, I'm thinking, like, I'm going with Savachi. Like, I think Savachi doesn't make the main a couple times, not due to a crash, just due to bad starts. It just doesn't make it. I, that's who, I don't know why I'm going with that, but that's who I'm picking. But I thought it was a great topic. It was kind of fun, and it sheds light, thanks to Steve bringing this list up, and they, they put it on the screen if you were watching live. It just sheds light, again, on how deep this list really is or this, uh, this field really is. And, like you said, there will probably be some injuries. It will thin out more than likely. But right now, man, H1 is looking exciting. A few more things to talk about. We're getting closer to the end of the wrap-up show. I'm sorry. I know everybody's disappointed. I want to talk about Aaron Plessinger. Fun guest also. Guy likes to have fun, Mason. Seems to almost always like Adam being great spirits. Had some good stuff talking about the team. Uh, Saying that he's as confident as he was in 2018.
1: Yeah, I've gone a whole off-season without hitting the ground, so (laughs) we're we're pretty.
4: (laughs) We're dead pretty. That's good. Uh, So differences, I mean, obviously you're hurt a little bit, but getting on this Star Yamaha versus the Monster Energy Factory Yamaha, like the average guy, can you tell them what the biggest difference feeling-wise on the track is for you?
1: Under Factory, it was just really such a rigid bike, like I could feel everything in my hands, like every bump every rock, anything you could think of I could just feel it in my hands and there was so much like feedback from from the suspension, yeah it was just hard to push and if you could you could push at a decent pace but as soon as you would go over that and you get into your race pace it was almost like you couldn't you couldn't settle into that because the bike was so just so unpredictable now with these guys um it's it's just I don't know. The bike is so predictable um, that I I could put it where I want to. It, it almost feels exactly like my 250F. This star bike, it it absorbs everything and it works. It's I don't know. It works together perfectly. I I suck at testing. <laughs> I, I didn't
3: want to be. I didn't want to say that, AP. I didn't want to <laughs> yeah, say that. You,
1: you don't have like you don't have to sugarcoat it or anything. I yeah. know. Like I I absolutely. Don't know really what I'm doing when it comes. To, I I know what I want, <laughs> yep, but yep. when I it, when it doesn't come out of my mouth right, and when I try to relay the message, it just gets all
2: <laughs> twisted up. So, <laughs> all right, I actually want to go to Brian first instead. Uh, again, open, told us some things that eh, might be a little surprising to some that he openly said, but and then was also very honest about being. Sucking at testing and didn't told Steve, hey, it's it it's cool, you know, you can say it. Be, I, I don't know, just another great guess, right? Wasn't trying to hide anything. Uh, man, what'd you think? What'd you think of AP? I what- gotta say, Aaron Go
6: Plessinger is a great interview, and especially yeah. as a star racing Aaron Plessinger, I am appreciating this. It's exciting to see him back in that fold, and it, you know, it's starting to make a lot of sense. You know, if you think about it, last year's AP, if he was had trouble with the bike, and he doesn't have the particular skill set to fix that, that must have been really daunting. So for him to be back on a bike that rides the way he's used to and, like he was saying, more predictable, a little more absorption. So it would be really interesting to figure out what they actually did, which, I mean, of course that's not going to be public knowledge, but I'm excited for them and excited to see the Yamaha do well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Chris did a great job of bringing that question up, Mason, the way he presented it and allowing Aaron to get into it. And then just the fact that the platform of Hopemex, again, has these relationships and we get to hear this stuff. uh, It's it's just fun to listen to. And it's I'm very thankful that we have this. But what do you think?
5: Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Uh, Kiefer did do a great job kind of setting that question up for Aaron. It was great to hear how open he was about <laughs> how bad he is at testing. Right. Uh, I thought it was funny, though, because Aaron either started or ended his sentences with a giggle pretty much every time, <laughs> which does. I thought was which, yeah. was, which was great. Um, I was really surprised to hear uh, or not hear Kiefer asking him about his home life. Um, he asked oh, yeah. he everyone about right? it, and I was really looking forward to hearing him ask Aaron about it. Uh, recently married, also with a, a a baby as well. So I was shocked Kiefer didn't get into that with him.
2: Good point. I didn't think about that, but yeah, Aaron Aaron's always a good interview. Uh, it, it, he he has lots of good stuff. He's fun. Another guy that seems to be in good spirits, and um, he kind of laughed at the question. This question that Steve brought up too. Let's listen to this right here.
3: Kiefer here was saying that he thinks Christian's the man to beat. I started yelling and screaming about how you can't say that with Christian on the phone. Um, so then we made a bet. We made it. Well, listen, I'm just being real. I got to be yeah. real, right? Um, yeah. So then we made a bet that I got to shave my head if Christian wins a championship. <laughs> so am I shaving my head here? Dick. Am I. Am I,
1: am I, am I? Uh, there, is, there is a
2: solid. solid <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> you are
1: shaving your head.
3: Yep.
2: Oh, shit. There okay. So-, so, Mason, this has me that response besides. Making me laugh because he's giggling, as you said the whole time, gets me excited in two different for two different reasons. One, I think Steve's probably gonna have to shave his head. That's funny. And two, I'm just excited to see what Christian's gonna do. I mean that that like I I don't. It has to be more excited for Christian in general.
5: Yeah, I can't wait to see what Christian does. Steve shouldn't be too nervous about having to um, bick his head. Because if you're willing to cut off 22 inches of your hair, he might, you know, hit you up for that if he has to uh, shave his off.
2: Well, he can't have it. Yeah, he can't have it. But as we found out yesterday in the press conference, it was for sure that the the first coast, Coast 1, East Coast, whatever you want to call it, Christian Craig, Austin Forkner, Jet Reynolds, uh, you know, Michael Moseman, there's some fast dudes on that coast. So uh, it's not going to be easy for Christian but man, I would love to see. You know what? I'd love to see Steve shave his head, but it, it it does it would not have the same impact. Brian is like, if I had to shave my head, like that would kill me.
6: Hey, I mean, they're already talking about cutting off your pony, but you only want to cut off a certain amount, but they want to cut it all off.
2: Yeah, that's BS. So,
6: where where is it at right now? Where's the what's the pony status?
2: Like overall length, or what are you asking?
6: Yeah, I mean, this was a big topic of discussion on the show.
2: Well, yeah, that was the next thing I was going to talk about. With my call, I brought this up because I wanted to throw Steve under the bus just a little bit that I texted him about three weeks ago, and I said, hey, what do you think about at the Friday show at Three Palms cutting my hair, you know, I'll cut 12 inches off because I want to donate it to Wigs for Kids, and that's the minimum, 12 inches, and uh, he's like, I don't even think he, he, as I recall, he maybe didn't respond or maybe he said cut it all. I can't remember. But then like a few days later, I got Chris in the group text thinking Chris would be all for this. That's what I thought. And he would kind of talk Mathis into it because I'm going to cut it either way. But I said, hey, I'll cut it. Let's let's start promoting it, try to raise some money, and we'll donate that to the privateer fund, the Yamaha privateer fund. Steve wasn't having it. said, nope, 12 not enough. So then Kiefer said, if, if I remember the, the way the thread went, like, what about 18? And I said, hell no. And then a few minutes later, I was like, all right, hang on. Let me go see where that would actually fall. Because to me, for me personally, I'd cut it to my shoulders, and that's about it. So I took it out of the ponytail, measured it, and the shoulders was about 20, 21 inches. So I was like, wow. So I texted him back. I said, okay, I would do... 20 and Steve's like nope, all of it. And so I'm out. Man, I, with that I'm out. Not going to happen. So he's not willing to meet me halfway or whatever. He doesn't care about the privateers as much as he says he does. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry we
6: need some We need some pony history. How long have you had this ponytail?
2: Started growing it after high school cuz where I go to high school, you weren't allowed to have long hair. So I graduated oh, in 93. Wait. Started growing it in 95. I've had long hair ever since.
3: Cut All it. Right.
2: About every two years, I cut off enough to donate 12 to 20 inches. It grows pretty damn fast. Even my stepkids were like, oh, I'll just cut it. It'll grow back, but I don't know. Like I said, I'm 45, Mason. It, at some point, it's not going to grow back.
5: Yeah. you're. <laughs> at some point, it will stop for sure, but I yeah. think you've got some time. I mean, it looks like you've got plenty of hair. I do. It but... sounds like I, I think Brian's real question is length and girth of your pony.
2: I, I don't know. Whoa. It's I don't know. It's down to my ass. It's probably overall, I would say, thirty inches, some somewhere in that neighborhood. Just a guess. When you That's ride awesome.
6: motorcycles, do you let it run free?
2: No, out it,
6: the back.
5: Or what no, do you
2: do? I don't want it to get you know wrapped up in the freaking yeah. chain or something. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I actually.
5: Are you like, are you like Avatar, where it like connects
2: to your motorcycle? (laughs) That's what the guy, my guys I work with, have said. No, it's tucked in my, uh, it's tucked in, (laughs) inside my Fly Revel chest protector. It stays underneath all that, stays down in there, so stays nice, nice and protected. But save the pony. (laughs) Hey, I was willing to donate some. They wanted it all, and Steve or Chris can f off with you know telling me that I need to cut it. It's like. And Steve, too, that it's over with that or whatever. I like it. My chick likes it. We're keeping it. But, all right, let's 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 move on from my hair. I do appreciate Randy calling while I was on. Randy Richardson's always gold. That was fun. Classic. All right, let's get to what the guys, Kiefer and Steve, said was, you know, their big news, a couple big breaking news stories. I'm going to be honest, none of this news – really was a big deal to me, but I know, especially you, Brian, some of it was. Let's listen to the first one. Well,
4: I'm going to start with the lighter one okay. first. So, All right. as you guys know, listening to the show, Steve and I go back and forth on the whole e-bike thing. Um, so, now that the Intense MX Taser is gone, I felt like I a little part of me was empty. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Tell me more. Yeah. So, I went out and uh, I, I purchased a new oh. Intense Taser.
3: Oh! You don't say...
4: Um, however, however, I will say I don't have a problem with e-bikes. It's just, I need a normal pedal bike along with it. So I never did anything out of the ordinary. I didn't go back on my word. It's right down the middle. Just like I said,
3: I'm pretty sure if we checked the tapes early on, check it. You were like, nah, no way. No e-bikes for me. No way. Not going to do it.
4: I'm confident in saying I would add it.
3: To the stable. I'm pretty sure you're like, nope.
2: Okay. I'm going to let you go first, Brian, but I do want to say I spent a couple hours trying to find audio. Really? Um, There's so many times they've talked about e bikes, and my notes back when they first really started talking about e bikes were not as detailed as they are now. I could not ever find Chris saying, no way, but I did find multiple times where he did say, add it to the stable. I'd add it to the stable. Same as he told Steve, and we're going to talk about this other topic in a second, add a pedal bike to the stable. So I'm going to have to stick with saying Chris was right. I don't think he ever said absolutely not. Uh, But, Brian, what do you think about this breaking news?
6: Uh, It's really cool to hear that Chris bought an e-bike. And, you know, the proof's in the pudding. He got one to try, and then all of a sudden he was like, whoa, I need that in my life. I like riding on these local trails. I'm assuming it's trails really close to his house, too, so. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm excited to see Keeper ride a new, modern mountain bike because they change so rapidly and to see what he thinks about what Intense is using for the brakes and what Shimano products he likes. And I mean, because he's a, he's a tester for motocross bikes, and that has a huge knowledge base. So I'm excited to see him bring that to mountain bikes and e-bikes.
2: Okay. Well, I, I think it will make for interesting conversation. I do like hearing about the stuff. I just... I think I told you off air, like I'm just kind of gotten a little lazy and it's a lot of work riding a mountain bike. I haven't had much opportunity to ride an e-bike except for in front of Steve's house on the road. I would love to give it a shot, but I think it's going to make for good conversations, good content coming up. Some people don't want to hear about it, but I think it's relevant. So that's going to be fun. The other and we'll transition into Steve's news. So before I play this piece of audio, I do want to say while going through looking for the Kiefer audio, I found some audio about pedal bikes from April tw- April 28th, 2020 that I'm going to play first before the audio from uh, this last Monday night. So here uh, we go. And
3: I'm glad that Kiefer once again experiences the fun of an e-bike. Yeah,
4: I have no I'm not hating on an e-bike. Okay. I just feel like it's time for you to have a regular bike.
3: Why? Because I feel like it's time. Like you... it's not time. <laughs> yeah, any bike's fun. I'm so, just
4: thinking it's time for you to.
3: It's not, and never say you, that again. Maybe never a road say bike. That again. Maybe a road bike in your. I have inquired. Mm. I have not purchased. I have not paid. I have not done anything other than inquire about getting a regular pedal bike.
4: Holy shit!
2: We're just we're, we're coming together. All right, Mason. Uh, So April 28th of 2020, Steve says, you need a pedal bike. Steve says, no way. Don't ever say that again. Here we are, 2021. Steve may be getting a pedal bike.
5: Yeah, I think it's great. I think he's seen the the benefits uh, physically to him and the fun that he's having on an e-bike. I think that his eyes are going to be open to how much fun and how accessible all of those same trails that he does on the e-bike are on the the normal pedal bike. I think he's going to have a great time with it and have a new challenge to overcome.
2: Absolutely. But what I love about it is what Chris actually mentioned, Brian, just a little bit of it's the peck, 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 like the same thing with riding a dirt bike. No, why would I want to ride a dirt bike? I'm not going to ride a dirt bike. Come on, Steve, come ride a dirt bike with me. Come on, Steve, you need a dirt bike. Come on, Steve, you love dirt bikes. You do this. And now Steve loves riding again. Chris is... Good for Steve. Chris pushes Steve outside his comfort level at times and gets his passion back for certain things. And, and, you know, I don't know that Chris is ever going to get Steve to love having somebody show up at his house randomly or go to Chick fil A, but this is good, man. This is awesome for the show. And I love what Chris has added to Steve's life.
6: I fully agree. It's been interesting to see Chris uh, kind of helped steve out in these different areas over the time and i mean they're friends i'm sure they talk about this a lot off air as well and uh, i'm stoked that he may or is inquiring about getting a normal mountain bike it's fun to do shorter rides and still get a great workout or you can let someone else use your your e-bike and then ride a normal bike with them if they aren't as uh, skilled on the trails so
2: yeah you i'm you
6: excited to see where he takes that
2: well it, it's it's again we're, we're going to have more stories more bragging I mean, who knows? Steve may be all in on the pedal bikes before long and talking about that all the time. So it's going to be good. Uh, The other thing that Chris mentioned, this one was the one that actually kind of rocked me a little bit, is Chris no longer cares if your gear matches. Soul rider. Uh, He met a rider in Colorado. Guy was cool. So much passion for the sport. Didn't match. And Chris realized, hey, maybe I was being a dick man, I don't know, dude. I still think you need to match. Does any, all right, Mason, you first, what are your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on matching? And is Steve, is the new keeper right or the old keeper? I think,
5: um, depending on your caliber is where this is going to come down to. I think that if you're just getting into it, get out there and ride. doesn't really matter what you're wearing. Just go have fun and learn, learn what you learn, learn a new, uh, hobby, get into the off-road industry. It's super fun. Um, as you start racing, maybe start getting into that novice class. I think you got to tighten it up a little bit.
2: Okay, I, I I pretty well on board with you. Like, and also look, listen, if your budget absolutely does not allow for you to order even matching gear on clearance, you know you're using hand me down stuff, but you're still out there riding. You're golden. I'm I'm in. I'd rather you ride than not ride because you don't match. But if at all you can match. I say match, but Brian, what do you think?
6: Uh, it was really cool to hear Keeper talk about this because some of us don't have a ton of different sets of gear. So if one's dirty or whatever, there's so many things to think about before you would take your motorcycle to the track or wherever, you know, oil oil, or air filter, everything else, fuel, having matching gear can be that next thing that could make it seem daunting. So like you're saying, for an introductory rider, it doesn't matter. Uh, once you're you know pushing that upper caliber you may be representing sponsors and if you're representing sponsors you should be matching and looking good
2: okay good fair points i'm not going to say either one of you is wrong probably none of us are right or wrong it's just personal preference and that's fair um just go ride yeah exactly yeah, I get just that's, go ride. that's that's really the bottom line you guys are right and uh, wear
6: the proper safety equipment that's that's real too
2: very true very true uh Chris Kiefer doesn't like to leave home, and he looks like E.T., a dried-up raisin. That shit was funny, too. Talon yeah. Talon, and Marks have never seen E.T., apparently. That blows my mind. They've probably God. never
6: seen the Smurfs, either.
2: God, man, those guys, the youth of today, I don't know what to say. So if you haven't seen E.T., go see the damn movie. It's a classic. Star Wars references. It's it's one of the best. Go Go check it out. Here we go. Race Tech rant, pulp 20 to save. This was another good story of the show. Not the best story, not Vietnam Vic good. Um, pretty all right. Damn so my good. Race Tech rant tonight.
3: That okay. That's ought to be good.
2: These motherfuckers at
3: USPS. I don't know what's going on with the mail lately. The mail has taken forever. They're a joke. They're a joke show. 3 weeks ago, our mailboxes, our group of boxes. Right. The lock is gone. of the time, they don't pick it up. And I got a notice saying we couldn't find the package. First, Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I call the local post office for two days, Kiefer. (laughs) Ten phone calls in two days. Nobody picks up.
2: Fuck you, USPS. Hold on. Like, fuck off. Okay. So much more involved in that story. If you guys, for some weird reason, haven't actually listened to the Pulp Show yet you got to go listen to this so much more that he had to go through. This was one of my favorite race tech rants because it was something new. It was something different and his passion for it. Mason, well, again, race tech rants, one of my favorite segments, but this was a good one and I feel his pain.
5: Yeah, this was a a great rant and I can, (laughs) I feel his pain too. We use USPS for a lot of our shipments and, when it goes well, it goes very well. But when it doesn't, it's very frustrating. And to not get your mail, and if he really's got ten grand that he's waiting on, uh, I wish I was in a position to not really care where ten grand was at. But um, I, it's got to be frustrating. It was a really good rant, and it was definitely fresh, and I enjoyed listening to it. It Made me laugh really hard.
2: Absolutely. And Brian, the ten thousand dollar check that, like Keeper said, like I'd be. I, I, hell, I texted him, and he mentioned it. Like I need a race first of all, and second of all. I will fly to Vegas and sit in the lobby of the post office until they bring me that freaking check. Holy shit, that's ten grand! And he was just like, "Oh, whatever." You know? <laughs> wow, what a story.
6: Yeah, I agree with Mark. He needs to go and see if those checks are there, and if they're not, he needs to cancel them because uh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Long rant. It sounds like uh, his post
7: office is rough.
2: Yeah, I, I I always go to our local. I have actually a personal a friend that owns a, like a shipping you know a, a store and she just yep. handles everything for me I've really never have issues but that would suck And the, the whole mailbox thing and again go listen to the story if you haven't heard it there's so much more detail and we also found out that Chris Kiefer lost $10,000 twice
3: why oh, jeez
2: that's uh good stuff last segment of the night motorsport tweet at travis Or tweet at Talon. Yeah, tweet tweet at Travis. No. Wow. I can't even get it right. It was was the tweet at Tits with Talon. Holy shit. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails or commute on the street, make your next ride, your best ride only at motosport.com. Motorsport tweet. The only one I really grabbed a hold of for us to talk about was that Jim Holly, no longer part of race day live. Uh, not sure that a lot of people have heard that yet, unless you know, you really, really dive deep into this stuff, man, kind of a bummer. Um, I really like Jim. I like him and, uh, daniel together on race day live i think it's going to be really tough for daniel to do it by himself especially with the covid stuff whether he's a he may not be able to get a ton of guests on the show gonna be a lot for daniel to handle uh brian what do you think about jim not being there in that news
1: hollywood
6: holly man he's a legend and the more steve talks about him and lets us know about his history and stuff like I like him even more, and I really appreciate his insight. I'm bummed he's not going to be there. I know that the airline travel, the travel was one of the big deals for him, so I can see how that would maybe be more difficult now. And I understand, but I don't know how Daniel's going to do this by himself. I think he may need uh, somebody with a ponytail in the booth or something.
2: I'm in. I like it. Let's end the show right there. I'm in. <laughs> how about you, Mason? Jim Holly, man. Do you watch Race Day Live? Uh, a little bit. Um
5: I, you could just end it there, man. I, I don't have too much to say about Jim other than he's awesome, and it's going to be uh, not the same dynamic in the studio Walking practice.
2: Totally agree. All right, the last segment of the night for Pulp Max Monday was the grill your ass off. Kiefer After Dark, a lot of good stories. Not really going to touch on it too much tonight. If you guys want to check that out or haven't, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Go, go listen to the show uh, on audio, however you want to do it. Uh, Brian, any thoughts on Kiefer After Dark that you want to bring up before we roll?
6: You yeah, it was a pretty mellow segment. It seemed like they had to leave early because uh, Travis Marks wasn't was feeling stuffy, as he said. Yeah. And so the real question is uh, hopefully uh, nobody else feels stuffy later,
2: but I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, that would suck if – yeah, wow, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, if he was sick and it hopefully it wasn't anything major. Mason, anything else before we call this thing a wrap?
5: Uh, no, no. 25% off uh, Seal Savers website with the Pulp 25 code. That's all I got.
2: All right. I love Damn, it.
5: Damn. That's a good discount.
2: Hell yeah, it is. I want to thank you, Brian and Mason, for coming on the PulpMex Wrap Up Show, which is brought to you by Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tire, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. Again, Darkside from Moto X Show. Hit me up, darkside at pulpMex.com for any thoughts, questions, uh, dislikes, anything you want. And please, man, send me some topics, some questions for Pookie. I've got to get some more Hello Pookies recorded and get those things going. I enjoy that segment. Uh, Other than that, that is a wrap for Episode 450. We are out of here.
5: Why would you want to re-talk
7: about the Pulp Show?